Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the live broadcast tonight. Good to be with you. We are live on Sunday nights, and it's good to be live tonight. I wasn't with you last week. I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Uh, tonight we have a great guest lined up for us. Dumitru Sandru is here, and he has a fantastic new book called Escape from Communism. This is his true story, and I felt it appropriate to have this gentleman on the show not only because this is a timely topic, right? I mean, we've got young people today in America thinking that uh, uh, our our system of government isn't the best, that we need to go to socialism or communism or some other system. And they just simply are ignorant. They do not know what they're talking about. They do not know what it's like to live in a socialist or a communist country. We're going to get that story tonight from our guest in our second segment our guest segment next week in our guest segment is lieutenant colonel retired lieutenant colonel robert mcginnis he'll be back he has a new book out called progressive evil which looks really fascinating okay so a lot to get into tonight i'm going to give you a quick preview then i'll tell you who our sponsor is tonight we're going to start out by talking about the mass shooting and something crazy going on on my facebook page I'm going to tell you why I wasn't here last week, which is kind of interesting, and also why some people are deciding not to include themselves in the class action lawsuit against Equifax to opt out and instead are suing Equifax in small claims court. That's fascinating. We'll talk about that. Also, um, what happened when I sold a car this week on Facebook? That is a bizarre story. I'll have that. And also big news in the crypto world from, of all places, Walmart and a really interesting, unique opportunity to invest in a cryptocurrency backed by gold. We'll have all of that for you in our first segment. Uh, So tonight, our sponsor is, again, BitcoinWorkshop.us. This is an online class that I teach, and it's for people who would like to learn more about Bitcoin in a friendly environment, in a basic environment. What I found was most of the books written on Bitcoin start with the premise that you already know a lot about cryptocurrency. The same thing with the online classes. So I decided, look, I'm not going to offend anybody. If I do, too bad. I'm going to put something together that starts with square one. You know, what is a cryptocurrency? What gives it value? And then we get into how do you buy Bitcoin? How do you buy some of the other cryptocurrencies? How do you do this without being scammed? Even how to get free cryptocurrency. If you like my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start, you really will love my online class, which takes all the information in that book and puts it into a really simple 
immediately easy to understand format using videos. We also have a private Facebook group that you can become a part of if you're in the class where you can post your own questions. You can get feedback not just from me, but other students that are also taking the class. So check it out today, bitcoinworkshop.us. Tonight's sponsor, bitcoinworkshop.us. Okay, so this weekend there were two mass shootings, of course, in El Paso, Texas, and then also there was another one in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, tragedies, no doubt, tragedies. But what is really the bigger tragedy is how quickly this has become politicized. I posted on my social media earlier today that presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke is already saying that the shooting in Texas is the fault of President Trump. Um, just People just can't help themselves to get political about this. So I posted something on my Facebook page this afternoon, and it may in fact at this point be the most shared thing I have ever posted on Facebook. As of this moment, it has over 1,700 shares. 1,700 people have shared this little one-sentence blurb that I put up on Facebook. And here's what I wrote. 37 shot in gun-free Chicago this weekend, but national media quiet about it. 37 shot in gun-free Chicago this weekend, but national media quiet about it. That's over 1,700 people now have shared that to their Facebook. And why do I share that? Um, I'm not trying to be political either. I'm simply trying to point out that these gun-free zones just simply make no sense. They make no rational, logical sense. And you don't even have to wonder hypothetically if they would work. You can actually look in real life and see the real life experiment as it's happening. These areas like Chicago that have outlawed guns, uh, you literally cannot even have pepper spray within the city of Chicago, and you look at what's happening. And what's really interesting, 37 people shot uh, this weekend in Chicago. Apparently, that's not even the right number. It's substantially higher than that. I have read 40, somebody posted maybe as many as 50 or 60 people shot this weekend in Chicago. All tragedies, but, but think about the hypocrisy of the media that they swoop in and selectively cover these shootings. And a lot of people who are sharing this post I put on Facebook that are commenting on it are saying, oh, well, this is just another weekend in Chicago. This is just Chicago. So it does raise some interesting questions about selective coverage by the media. And also, you know, when you look at this, I mean, just honestly, I mean, there, there, there really is, you have really two choices, right? When you're looking at what do we do about this gun problem? Because everybody's asking now, every time one of these tragedies happens, what do we do about this? I agree. We need more screening for mental health, more money for mental health. We need to try to find these troubled people before they get to this point. But when it comes to actual gun policy, I don't really know that we need to do anything more than just enforce the existing gun laws that we already have and also arm more people 
that are good people, honest, law-abiding citizens that are willing to be sort of like an air marshal, if you will, in their community. I'm one of those people in my community. There should be a lot more, not just people buying guns and carrying them, but people that are buying guns and are trained on how to use them and trained in defensive shooting and trained about active shooter situations and what you can do if you are armed in a situation like that to try to help your fellow citizens. Um, really, when it comes down to it, I don't know that there's a lot of other options. So on the one hand, I can trust the government to disarm all of the criminals across the country, or I can arm myself and take my own safety into my own hands. You know, I'm all for all of the other things. You know, what can we do to, you know, be more aware? If you see something, say something. If someone is showing signs of mental illness or making threats, all of those things, that all needs to be reported. All of these things are, are all positive things. Uh, I'm, I'm all for all of it. So all of the above. But the idea of taking away firearms from law-abiding citizens because of these nut jobs, it makes absolutely no sense to me. In fact, it's the opposite of what would make sense. You would think that the more of these mass shootings that take place, the more people would ask about arming more citizens, you know, making people into citizen police officers, citizen, uh, like I said, the, the analogy of an air marshal and, and, and training people to do that. I don't know that we have any other options. And I don't really know, even if we all agreed, let's get rid of all of the guns. I don't think it's possible to get rid of all of the guns. It's, I mean, the horses are already out of the barn. So in any case, it's an interesting discussion. We're not going to spend a lot of time on, on it here. I don't even know that there's any point in talking about it because everyone gets into their respective positions and nothing seems to change. And these shootings, um, I'm curious, I'm all for studying, you know, what's the reason behind this? Is it violent movies? Is it violent video games? We do know that a lot of these shooters uh, have, homes where there's not a father or there's not a strong father figure. We do know that in many cases there's a history of mental illness. We do know that in many cases there are warning signs and threats that are made well before the actual shooting. Um, all of that being said, I mean, that's all great. Uh, check all the boxes. I'm willing to go along with all of that except to take away guns from law-abiding citizens, it just makes no sense. But that's where liberals are with this tonight, turning this into a political uh, football and even blaming the president for it as well. Okay, moving ahead. Where was I last week? I was not sitting at this microphone doing a live show because last week I was in Miami, Florida. In particular, I was in Miramar, Florida, which is near Fort Lauderdale, and I enjoyed a wonderful evening with my good friend, George Norrie, who is the host of Coast to Coast AM. He goes around the country, and I guess every year he does seven or eight of these big events, and we 
went to a beautiful theater. It had maybe eight or 900 seats, I'm guessing, and it was packed with people coming to see George Norrie, myself. I was one of the guests. <laughs> and then we had a, a psychic who was one of the guests. And then there was another guy who was referred to as an anomaly hunter who talked all about UFOs and a lot of kind of, I don't know, over-the-edge kind of things. These were two really nice men. I sat in the green room with them. We all sat around and ate pizza, which was the food we were given while we were sitting on ice for three hours waiting uh, for the show to start. It was one of those things where you report three hours beforehand, and they do a little walkthrough with you, but then otherwise you're just kind of stuck there uh, in your suit uh, waiting for your turn to go on. But what was the most exciting part of it was after the show was over, George Norrie did a meet and greet, and I kid you not, people lined up for what was like several blocks. It was like as far as you could see, people lined up to be able to come in uh, one couple at a time and get pictures with George and the rest of us that were there. We got pictures with people signing autographs, signing books. It was a really neat night, and I got to share my personal story of losing everything, how God delivered me from that, and what I've learned about the power of prayer. And I loved the opportunity to share that and had so many people that came up afterwards that said it made an impact on them. And uh, it was a great opportunity. So there I was, uh, <laughs> a psychic, a UFO guy, and Jim Paris. So figure out how I got on that stage. I don't know, but I think God wanted me to be there, and it was a great time. We were there uh, Saturday night, and then on Sunday, we went down to, uh, it's called Homestead, Florida, which is south of Miami, and we visited the legendary Coral Castle, and there's a bunch of great pictures on my Facebook page. You can find me on Facebook, James L. Paris. A bunch of pages I posted of my visit to Coral Castle, which is sort of this mysterious place built by this guy that was five foot tall giant rocks and boulders moved around and nobody knows how he built it. The mystery of it is compared to Stonehenge, to the Great Pyramids. Not sure that it really rates that, but it was an interesting place to visit. And if you want to see my pictures, they are over on my Facebook page. Okay, so you know about the Equifax data breach. And where Equifax is really in a lot of trouble is not just that they had this data breach, but that they knew about it for some period of time before they let the public know about it. There's even a news story of one of their top executives selling a bunch of their stock before the public was told about the data breach. So they did a lot of things wrong. They not only had a data breach, but they covered it up and they delayed telling the public and Top people in the company traded their stock before it became public. A lot of terrible things. And so they're being ordered to pay millions and millions of dollars. And it's sort of this big settlement that they reached. Now, here's what people are being told, that if you go to a certain Equifax legal settlement website and you put your name in and your information and you were one of the people that had your data breached, I was one, my wife was one, if you go to this site and put in your information, that you may get as much as $125 for, 
from Equifax. Now, when I heard about the amount, I laughed out loud because I thought, how could that be the amount that you get for the whole world having your social security number? I mean, think about it. For the rest of your life, your social security number is out there floating in the cybersphere and you get 125 bucks. But it gets worse than that because the $125 is the most you can get. And based on the number of people signing up to be a part of the settlement, it's looking like the amount is going to be tiny. Um, it could be as little as like 20 or $30, which is beyond laughable. So here's what people are doing. Uh, and I leave this up to you. I, I'm actually going to spend a lot of time tomorrow looking into this. On next week's radio show, I will tell you what I decided to do. But what some people are doing, a lot of people are recommending this, and I'm going to be working on an article, maybe even a video that will come out in the middle of the week. So be sure and check ChristianMoney.com to see more information on this. But what you can do is opt out of this settlement, opt out of this deal where you get up to 125 bucks. woohoo, and you're allowed to then go and file your own lawsuit. And some of the articles I was reading today were explaining that, you know, depending on what state you live in, like in Tennessee, you can go to small claims court without an attorney, and you can claim up to $25,000 in damages in small claims court in Tennessee. Now, in Florida, our small claims court has a maximum of $5,000 that you can claim. But think about this, $5,000 versus maybe getting $50 or $60. And um, what's interesting is you don't really have to be an attorney or a legal expert to file your own lawsuit because remember in small claims lawsuit in a small claims lawsuit you can represent yourself you don't have to have an attorney and it's very informal sort of like the people's court and there are even a number of websites and law firms that are actually you know offering all the documentation like like sample templates that you can use to file a lawsuit against Equifax. So think about it like in my situation, both my data and my wife's data was breached. So I could put our names in and we could get, you know, maybe 125 bucks, but it looks like a lot less than that each. Or I could, you know, march down to my county courthouse, file the paperwork and ask for $5,000 of damages on behalf of myself, and then my wife can do the same. So that's $10,000 that we could get. And it doesn't seem like it's very hard to prove the damages. I mean, even if you just take the cost of like a credit monitoring membership, which my wife and I, we pay 25 bucks a month for our family uh, credit monitoring plan, which by the way, I'm not going to mention it on the air, but if you want to know who I use, I have a real particular choice that I use. And it's because I've been a victim in the past of embezzlement, and I have some super high security issues being a public person. And if you want to know who I use, send me an email to jim at christianmoney.com, and I'll send you the link to who I use. Um, but just per year, we pay about 300 a year for our credit monitoring. 
And so, I mean, right there alone, I could claim I'm a 55-year-old man. So if I lived just 20 more years, if my wife and I lived just 20 more years, you know, that's like six grand right there just in credit monitoring. Not to mention uh, if somebody actually does use my social security number at some point and I have actually some financial theft that occurs. So these are all things that you can point out in a small claims lawsuit and people are, are doing this. They are going down to their courthouse, filing the lawsuit and representing themselves and applying for whatever the maximum is in their state for damages against Equifax. Interesting idea. I'm going to be looking into it more on that this week. Check out my blog at christianmoney.com. Okay. So we bought a new car, not a new car, but we bought a used car actually from a family member who was needing to sell their car. It was a good price. We decided to buy it, but that meant that we needed to sell a car that we were replacing. And it was a car that had quite a bit of miles on it. And so we decided, you know, we weren't going to ask too much for it, but I did check into the value and put it up on Facebook. It was originally, I, I was asking like 4,000, I think 4,500. I ended up selling it for 3,500. I've never sold a car on Facebook like this before, just like to the general public. And I have to tell you, it was an incredibly bizarre experience. I had people that would, they would just send me a message over Facebook Messenger, like in the middle of the night, I would get a message. This is when the car was still listed for like 4000 They would just send me a message in the middle of the night, 3000 cash, exclamation point. That was their opening salvo. <laughs> and one guy sent me like a bunch of really weird messages with spelling errors in them. I didn't even respond. So he sends me a message and he says, this is my fourth massage massage he spells it m-a-s-s-a-g-e this is my fourth massage why are you not answering me um people wanting where what's the address where you're at i'm coming right now um people wanting to negotiate price before they even saw the car before they even drove the car they wanted the vin number it, it was it was really scary i have to be honest with you and we finally sold it to a nice gentleman and his son uh, who came to our house. But, you know, I, I did a lot of reading on this and I followed some simple rules. Number one, I wasn't going to negotiate price over Facebook. Uh, number two, before I answered somebody, I clicked on their profile to just see if they were a real person. You know, that is, do they have a profile picture? Do they actually have friends on Facebook? Or is this like a brand new profile that was just set up? Number three, I didn't give anybody my address. So what I did was uh, a couple of people did come and see the car, but how that worked was I gave them a like a landmark that was near my house, which is there's a high school near my house. So I said, hey, get to this high school. When you get there, call me and I'll give you my address. And that's how I did it. I wasn't just going to give everybody on Facebook my home address. Um I also, you know, decided that I was only going to show the car during daylight hours. I wasn't going to be, you know, showing the car at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. And people were asking me to do that. So, you know, it's, it's a scary thing. And, and everything from fake checks that people will give you to I read about even 
people paying in fake currency, fake U.S. money, counterfeit money. So there's a lot to be concerned about if you try to sell something, a large ticket item on Facebook. So check into that. I'm probably going to be doing an article on that as well. But uh, what weird people, what nutcases out there. Middle of the night, 3,000 cash. I was laughing, telling my daughter, I said, what do they mean, cash? Am I like, okay, so you were, what were you going to bring? Gold bars to pay me? Were you going to bring a credit card? I mean, what other way are you going to buy this car from me? I'm not a dealer. I'm just a regular guy. I mean, it's going to be cash. That's exactly what it's going to be. That, but that's not some sort of unique uh, buying feature that you're going to be throwing at me in the middle of the night that, hey, 3000 cash. Like that somehow, oh, I've got to get up at three in the middle of the night here, three in the morning and, and answer this guy because he's going to pay in cash. Just just weird, weird people. Okay, so over the weekend, it leaked out that Walmart is going to, uh, has filed a patent for its own cryptocurrency coin. Now, this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Uh, of course, Walmart is everywhere. Walmart is ubiquitous. But we had the recent announcement from Facebook that Facebook was going to have their own cryptocurrency called Libra. And then everybody you know, got up in arms, especially in the government. A lot of people are against this, and maybe they're going to try to stop it. Well, now we've got Walmart talking about a very, very similar idea. And so, well, you might be able to whack-a-mole and maybe shut down or delay Facebook from doing it. Now you have Walmart that's in the game. And here's the thing, folks, for those of you that are Bitcoin deniers, that are cryptocurrency deniers that say this isn't going to happen, it's a fad, it's going to go away, it's not. I mean, when you see the likes of Facebook creating a cryptocurrency, when you see the likes of Walmart getting into this now, um, the banks, Bank of America, several months ago um, filed a patent to be able to let their checking and savings account holders deposit cryptocurrency in the bank. We've got the major companies, investment companies like Fidelity uh, offering cryptocurrency. Now, I mean, this is, this is not a, a passing fad. I know some of you are just unwilling to admit you were wrong about it, just like you were wrong in the 19, late 90, 1990s when you said that no one would ever <laughs> have a website for their business and nobody would ever go online and buy anything. And who would buy a book online? You got to go to a bookstore and page through it before you buy it. Nobody's going to ever buy a book online. Who's going to do that? I know you've all been through this, right? We're still in this first curve though, what they call the, the, um, the first, uh, the, uh, the initial adoption phase, the early adopters phase. We're still in that phase which is why all of these cryptocurrencies are still incredibly cheap. And I want to mention just in closing, we've got two minutes here before uh, we finish with our first segment and go to our guest. There is an opportunity, and I'm not going to mention the name of it on the air. There's an opportunity right now for you to be able to buy in to a cryptocurrency that is backed by gold. And you can get in before the public is allowed to get in. Now, the public will be able to get in in about 31 days into this. But there is a way that you can get into it before the general public does. 
I don't know if this will be a moneymaker or not. I, I buy a lot of these small cryptocurrencies because my thinking is, who knows? You know, I, I, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin when it was down at uh, like 12 bucks. I bought a little bit of Bitcoin and that turned out to be a really great thing. Um, I bought into some of these other bigger ones, but I've also bought a lot of the smaller ones. And this is one of the smaller ones. It's brand new, but there's a big company behind it. And I ch I've checked into it and I bought a little bit of it. And there's a way you can too. If you want to find out more about it, I'll, I'll just give you a link. You can check it out on your own. I'm not saying to uh, bet the family farm on it, but it's just something to look at. If you want to find out more about it, send me an email this week, jim at christianmoney.com. Ask me about this new gold cryptocurrency. I don't uh, own the company or anything like that. So um, it is something that I myself have put some money into. So fair, fair disclosure on that. But uh, if you want to find out more about that, send me an email or even better yet, join my online class over at bitcoinworkshop.us because right now in our private Facebook group, we're actually talking about this uh, gold-backed cryptocurrency. And we're talking about you know, how to get in, how much people are putting in, all of the details of it. So check that out. All right. We are done with our opening segment. I will fire up the intro music. We'll be back in one minute with our special guest, Dumitru Sandru, the book Escape from Communism. We'll be back. <laughs> 